This is Jim Semivan, and you are listening to That UFO Podcast. I'd like to thank Partner Hero for sponsoring this episode. The world over, outsourcing can get a pretty bad reputation, seen to be exploitative and providing low-quality service. That's why Partner Hero's values-based approach raises the bar for the outsourcing industry by investing in employee empowerment and career growth, paying above average market salaries and maintaining a focus on quality and performance. Offering flexible terms and the ability to scale quickly, which is perfect for startups, quality assurance is baked into every program. Also with offices around the world, so Partner Hero can offer a truly global coverage, including onshore, nearshore and offshore options. I know right now in the UFO community, we are all waiting for a delayed report that we feel a certain organisation could certainly benefit from Partner Hero's assistance. I myself worked for outsourced companies growing up and had wildly differing experiences, facing many of the challenges that outsource work brings. That's why Partner Hero's ethics and value-based approach really appeal to me and will to anyone looking to scale up their fast-growing business. So, if you are ready to bring in outside customer support help for your startup that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com forward slash that UFO to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from That UFO podcast and they'll waive the setup fee. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and this is a breaking news pod as the NDAA has been passed. What does that mean? What is the NDAA? Why is it relevant to UFOs? You might not even know. You might you might have been following it for quite some time. No one better to join me to discuss and analyse this and break it down than Dan. Dan, uh, hello all the way over in Mexico. How are we? Hello, hello. I'm great. Thank you. I'm here in sunny, sunny Mexico. Uh, I, I was trying to kind of get a nice view out my back window, but the, the sun is too bright and it made me a, a silhouette. But just out my window, I can see one of the volcanoes that surround the city. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be going to see some ruins and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited. This is my first uh, video from On the Road. Nice. Well, where I am, it's zero degrees. I'm in a shed. I can't feel my feet. And it has been snowing quite heavily outside as well. And as Dan knows, I've had pretty much the day from hell as it pertains to things breaking, things not working, and general stuff like that. But one thing that has broken today was the news that the NDAA has passed. A reminder of what that actually is. The NDAA is the National Defence Authorization Act for the United States, obviously. And it is the name for a series of U.S. federal laws specifying the annual budget and expenditures of the U.S. Department of Defense. How does that impact those of us with a UFO uh, interest? I hear you ask. Well, Dan, how does that impact the UFO community? It impacts us in a, in a number of ways, not necessarily the community, but the subject um, at the very least. There, there is about 33 pages in it that are relevant to the UAP issue that talk about the office and what it's required to do and various things like that. The language has changed since we last discussed it. So, so I'll just kind of rock through all of the changes and, and summarize really what, um, what is important for people to know. Uh, but basically there, there are a few sections, section 1673 and section 6802 to 6803. Uh, Dan, can I just, can I just come in on that? Sure. I'm guessing section 1673, as everyone will know, is a secure method for authorized reporting. Uh, is that correct? That is correct, yes. 
hatta on my screen. Sorry, hatta that. <laughs> so there are a few things in here that, that are relevant to discuss. So firstly, before now, uh, there's been talk of changing the office name to the UAP uh, Joint Program Office. That's not happening anymore. We're sticking with the name that we've got, Arrow, the All Domain Anomalies Resolution Office, which is a great name if you ask me. Kind of does what it says on the tin, you know. Uh, this this section specifically it creates a secure method by which current or former government employees or contractors can submit UAP related information to the Pentagon UAP office. Then through that office, they also can reach the Congressional Armed Services and Intelligence Committees as well. There is a new language in here that explicitly kind of expands the scope of, of interest. Um, as any activity or program by a department or agency of the federal government or contractor of such a department or agency, including with respect to material retrieval, so we're talking crash retrievals, uh, material analysis, reverse engineering, research and development, detecting and tracking, developmental or operational testing, and security protections and enforcement. That's a nice robust bit of language there. If Arrow does receive through this secure system any disclosure about UAP-related restricted access programs that Congress is not aware of, they have to inform the Secretary of Defense um, and the committees and congressional leadership within 72 hours. That is new in this particular bit of language. So it, it's really nice to hear that the pressure is on to kind of keep it all current. Other whistleblower-related language is in the NDAA. Not necessarily connected to this, uh, but it will probably impact how this reporting happens. I would just say that under the Obama administration, there was a lot of prosecution for people going outside of the law to whistleblow. Here, it's best that people stick to this reporting apparatus. That is, it's going to be made public how people can report it. Um, so it's best for people to stick to it just so they can protect themselves and not be prosecuted by the current government using this secure apparatus. There was a discussion I was privy to between an ex-Air Force employee who said they wouldn't be covered by it. So it's nice to know that Malin actually wants to, to expand the scope of this and make sure that other people are being helped. All organizations will be searching their records for NDAs related to uh, UAP. And the head of ARA, which is Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, uh, will have to make these records accessible to congressional defense committees, intelligence committees, and leadership no later than September 30th, 2023. The reports and briefings will go on every year as well. We've also changed the term. So we're no longer talking about an identified aerial phenomena. We're talking Ooh. about an identified anomalous phenomena. Just, just before we get to that, regarding the whistleblower stuff, because I feel there are still uh -huh. expectations from some, and this is just when I look at social media conversations, that whistleblowers coming forward means that on live TV or in some kind of, you know, political setting, there's going to be an unclassified public debate where you're going to get individual A coming out to say, I worked on a secret program that reverse engineered spacecraft that we recovered. That is very unlikely to be the case, isn't it? It's not going to be that sort of grandiose announcement. It's There's not even the necessity that it's going to be people coming forward to speak publicly they could still be speaking and likely would be speaking in a classified setting, which means we don't necessarily even end up hearing about it. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Just because someone reports it, it doesn't mean we'll be hearing about it. What I would say is we, we will hear whether people have utilized the system or not in our ULU reports. We just won't necessarily hear the contents of that. This is where we kind of just need to have a little bit of faith that the 
the congressional leadership who are heading this up are going to action it. They can then, if they want to, try and declassify the information, which is where we would be privy to it in a public setting or something like that. I'm just going to uh, mention D. Dean Johnson, who some of you will follow on social media. His article is also within the description of this link. So is the article from The Debrief. They've both covered this really well and cover it very often too. Uh, a quick quote from D. Dean Johnson is, and I'll quote, there might be other cases in which a witness learns of the new system and uses it to provide obscure but useful information that had simply been lost, pigeonholed or forgotten without any element of improper active concealment. And in that case, the term whistleblower would not be a good fit, but the secure method would still be useful, end quote. So again, there's there are other things here that this is useful for because it's going to allow folks to come forward to say, I found out this, I've discovered this, and it doesn't necessarily have been a whole conspiracy. For example, the Air Force has a program for reverse engineering, you know, back engineering or retrieval of stolen, uh, recovered materials. It could be something totally left field, but relevant. And this system and this method will allow them to come forward without any reprisal or fear of, you know, anything coming against them for, for speaking out. So there's a lot of, of positives, not just the, the classic, I think, whistleblower idea that people may have in their heads of what a whistleblower might be. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We're not just talking about people like Edward Snowden and, you know, people like that. Uh, this is a robust system yeah. to do it properly, which is what we need, really. Uh, you know, whistleblowers could have come out for years. We've had that bad confessions and they haven't really moved the needle on this. So we need a, a proper robust system. And that's what we're getting pretty much. Worth mentioning that when it comes to the definition of unidentified aerial phenomena, the definition hasn't changed. So even though we're using anomalous instead of aerial, we're still talking about airborne objects that are not immediately identifiable, transmedia objects or devices and submerged objects or devices that are not immediately identifiable and that display behavior or performance characteristics, suggesting that the objects or devices may be related to the objects described in subparagraph A. The term transmedia objects or devices is defined to basically mean objects that are observed to transition between space, the atmosphere and water. So we're not just talking about, uh, you, you know, ignoring man-made stuff anymore. That provision is actually removed from the legislation here, which I'm not too happy about, but it's okay. You know, you know, this is this is still a really robust piece of legislation. I'm going to be completely honest and admit that I do love a bit of cool technology, but not all the best tech is classified. So when Blendjet got in touch about their new Blendjet 2.0, I was very excited to try it out, especially as one of those protein shake people that many folks hate. Just shaking never has the same results as a blender does, let's be fair. Blend Jet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blend Jet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house, a big one for me folks, and it lasts for 15 or more blends, and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blend Jet 2 cleans itself, just blend with water water, a drop of soap and you're good to go. With over 30 colours available there is something for everyone. Personally I'm a huge fan of the carbon fibre. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today and be sure to use the promo 
code THATUFO12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power and innovation of the Blended Jet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code THATUFO12 to get 12% off, remember folks, and that free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. That brings us to section 6802 and 6803, which you might have in front of you. Do you want to tell everyone what that, what that is? Uh, I had it in front of me and I've hit the wrong button, but that's fine. It is the general, <laughs> rev- is the general revisions pertaining to the Pentagon UAP office, brackets Arrow, and its operations and Arrow conducted historical record report on government involvement in UAP. What I took away from that is that from uh, those historical records, people thinking back, I suppose, go to Roswell, the Blue Book, those kind of things. Um, it now is going to go back to January 1st, 1945 so it's been broadened slightly and the report is to include a compilation and itemization of the key historical record of the involvement of the intelligence community with unidentified anomalous phenomena including any program or activity that was protected by restricted access that has not been explicitly and clearly reported to Congress and success or unsuccessful reports to identify and track unidentified anomalous phenomena and any efforts to obfuscate, manipulate public opinion, hide or otherwise provide incorrect, unclassified or classified information about unidentified anomalous phenomena or related activities. I think for me, Dan, that's the one that will raise a lot of people's eyebrows because that's the ones that do start getting into for lack of other terms that people would use with who are much smarter than me, secret programs, misinformation, cover cover ups. But I also think that might be the hardest thing in all of this to really clarify because this is the kind of stuff when Tom DeLong talks about stovepipes and and all these different mm-hmm. compartments and knocking on one door leading to three other doors and two of those doors are boarded up and one of them is now a broom closet and then you find a note to say you need to go somewhere else down a hall but that then got moved to a private contractor and you know page 12 says turn to page 26 and it's I think Very it's that really Adams. confusing yeah, it's. I'm thinking goosebumps. Choose your own ending. Um, but when you <laughs> yeah. don't like it, you go back to the page you were. You go back to the page you were on. I think that's a really difficult thing because it, it's not easy to say. Yep, actually, we found a, a closet and it has some filing cabinets, and within those filing cabinets is a folder, and that folder says here in 1948 we recovered a craft. In 1952 we covered this up, and because that's not going to be there. The people that would have dealt with these have long since passed on, and that will be the the gatekeepers and key holders, generations removed, who have now been in charge with that information and the secure, you know, secret keeping that's happened potentially within that time. And that's just not something that's going to necessarily come forward. And I think when I read a lot of that stuff, I immediately think Air Force potentially involved in a lot of that kind of stuff as well. What are, What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. There will be some Air Force involvement, and and like you say, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of work to kind of detail this. And I hope when it's done, they they kind of release some kind of public version of this because wowee, that will contain a it'll almost be a, an insider's look at the U.S. government's involvement in UFOs in a way that we just haven't seen before. You know, they they're gonna be able to look at documents, but also pull interviews, uh, pull people into interview as well, whether it's contractors or government employees, past or present. 
Uh, they'll be able to look at classified and unclassified archives, do open source analysis, and just look at any records that Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick sees fit to look at, basically. So once done, it's it's going to be a real robust, uh, real robust look, look at it all. And they generally have uh, a little time to do it. Um, I have the date noted here, but we're looking at some time, uh, you know, in the next year or so. I think they have about a year, year and a half to, to put this together. So it'll be a little while before we even hear that it's been handed in, but it's an absolutely necessary part of this process to kind of clear up what's been going on in the past uh, as, as we all want them to. The, the one main thing to note as well with this is it was going to be the controller uh, that did this, but now it's going to be Arrow that kind of takes the, the lead on it, which is fair enough, I think. You know, they're doing the UAP study. They kind of need to know this. But what what's really encouraging about it is now the reporting isn't just to ODNI. It's to the congressional committees, to the officials in Congress. Basically, ODNI aren't going to be able to just stop the buck at their office anymore. They, they will, anything they hear, they will know that all of the current officials in Congress also have heard this stuff. So it's going to be very actionable uh, in a and way that it wasn't before. One or two listeners reached out to me recently regarding some of the language changes. Um, and the D. Dean Johnson himself pointed this out, which is where I connected the dots. It wasn't just me being intelligent. Uh, he And I'll quote uh, D. Dean Johnson. Some commentators have jumped to the conclusion that the change from aerial to anomalous will vastly expand the scope of the phenomena that Arrow would be tasked to in with investigating, to include, for example, poltergeists or werewolves. Such claims fail to take into account that the old term and the new term point to functionally identical definitions. So I think the idea that removing aerial to anomalous would be this almost more of an OSAT type of, you know, organization or investigating skinwalker type phenomena that's that's highly unlikely and it, it's more of a, a definition tweaking isn't it and it's still very much looking at objects or finding in the air the the sea and potentially space i always like to, to yeah. add in there as yeah. well we're, we're talking transmedium objects you know the ones that transition between airspace and sea exactly like you said there is scope in the future i would say with that anomalous term for them to broaden out a little bit but for now, we're looking at exactly the same stuff as we were looking at last year, which is fine because looking at the number of reports, uh, you, you know, it went up from 40, 44 last year to we're, we're hitting like 366 is the number we're hearing this year with 50% solved. The reporting measures are doing what they were designed to do. The more people are reporting, we've got more reports, more things are being solved. But actually, the solve rate has gone down. So I'm not sure, you know, that Julian Barnes article was, was painting a proper picture when they were kind of saying, yeah, we solved both of these things. Cool. What what are the things you didn't solve? That's what we're interested in, you know? Absolutely. Dan, I want to ask you a question. So with that roundup for people, what what does this ultimately mean in terms of what we're going to get from this, just to summarize? So the NDA has passed. It still has to be signed off, am I correct, from the, the administration now? From Biden, so I it's going towards the desk of the president. Basically, it has passed today, uh, which is awesome. Congratulations, everyone! Good job. Um, and oh, just to say that the controller report is due by uh, no later than September thirtieth, twenty twenty three. But yeah, this this has passed now. It will go to the president's desk. I would expect it to hit President Biden to sign it in around Christmas, and then we'll essentially get the ball rolling on these kind of tighter provisions, the secure system, and this report of, of the history of the U.S.'s involvement with UAP. And just to point out as well, 
that there are a lot of officers involved with this too. So we're looking at the DIA, the NSA, the Department of Energy, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard, and Homeland Security, uh, who kind of leaked the rubber duck media early this year. Uh, so there's a nice kind of wide array of organizations involved in this. So I would expect, you know, if this ball is rolling, we'll get yearly reports again um, that are deemed to they have to be unclassified, but can include a classified annex. However, like we've seen this year, there's no guarantee on a date for them to be submitted. There's just a requirement for reports. So I would still expect to see the UAP report from this year. We just haven't seen it yet. It's caught up in red tape, basically. Yeah. Do you know what? If any the... positives are to come from that, I'll, I'll just add, Dan, if any positives are to come from that, the fact is that those dates regardless of being mandated or not are are fluid and it came and went and we've still not had that report i would like to add dan that the the debrief article did mention the funding levels included within the bill for those interested in the numbers involved uh, department of defense is 816.7 billion department of energy which is always an organization that raises eyebrows as it gets mentioned many times on the podcast by guests and another uh literature endeavors 30.3 billion the ndaa top line is 847.3 billion uh, defense related activities outside 30.3 billion yeah um which i mean it's it's not a number of you know amount of money to be sniffed at you know uh defense related activities (laughs) outside the ndaa jurisdiction 10.6 billion and national defense top line 857.9 billion something i found was really interesting was and i think this is correct that the the u.s defense budget is more than every other country's defense budget put together i believe which is yeah pretty pretty incredible and also actually just to give a shout out to the debrief because we've quoted d dean johnson quite a lot here um uh, there's some mentions in their article about disruptive technologies land sea air and the edge and it talks about from military concerns and competition from foreign ad- adversaries like china development of next generation aircraft other state-of-the-art technologies so things like um strategic competition with china uh, and russia disruptive technologies like hypersonic weapons artificial intelligence 5g and quantum computing modernizing our ships aircraft and vehicles that's the kind of stuff this money gets put towards as well as the stuff that's involved with the kind of uap side of things as well there is a little crossover there too dan um all in at I think it's a weird thing to talk about a defense budget and be like, oh, yeah, is that a good thing, a bad thing? You know, a lot of this stuff goes to war. Just in that uh, part of this bill requires a science plan to be developed. And as part of that science plan, they'll be testing theories relating to characteristics and performance of UAP, whether it's propulsion, aerodynamic control, signature structures, materials, sensors, countermeasures, weapons, electronics, or a power source. They That investigation uh, is specified to perhaps provide potential future investments for the upgrade of the US's military purposes. Cool. Dan, what we'll do is we will round off there with any final thoughts. I'll just add, uh, I'm going to go back and hopefully fix. There's been a couple of little gaps potentially in Dan and I talking to each other. You shouldn't hear that when this gets released. Just with Dan being in Mexico, there's a bit of a lag at times in the conversation. So apologies if any of that does leak through. It hopefully doesn't. And if we've been talking over each other, it's just because of, you know, said gap, but that's it. Yeah. So, uh, Dan, final thoughts then on the legislation passing? 
very encouraged. Uh, it's exciting to see this going through. Good step forward from last year. And remember, we have like four or five years of this left. In this legislation, it specified that it will go till 2027. Previously, it was only 2026. So we have an extra year here. Uh, this is a good step forward. Awesome. Dan, thank you uh, for taking time up of your sabbatical to come on to the podcast and, you know, chat to the little people like us. Uh, she'll be doing on a regular <laughs> basis anyway. Obviously, that won't change. Just now and again, Dan might not have the internet sustainable on a daily basis, but he's still getting the work done. Um, and yeah, it is very good to hear from you. And obviously, if anything changes and uh, in the meantime, which it shouldn't, because as we've seen from Dee Dean Johnson and others, this should now go through with no revisions whatsoever um, pertaining to any of the UAP, UFO stuff either. So good to break that down. Any questions, send them over via any of the social media channels, via email, and we can chat through those. I would definitely recommend following people like Dan, Dee Dean Johnson, The Debrief, because those are the folks in the know that can give you some detailed information on that too. And anything we get wrong... Full disclaimer, we're not based in the States, so we don't know. <laughs> this is very true. I think I know more about the US political system than the UK. That's why he left. Thanks, folks. Speak soon. <laughs> that is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet, and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access the shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO UAPAM. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.
Thank you.